Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. This is part two of our two-part series on the infamous, the notorious, the scoundrel-tastic Dan Sickles. Uh, Noel, this guy is this guy is a real um, premium, awful, I'm thinking of POS, premium, awful swine. I'm going to say a premium, uh, oh, awful, like as in like guts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say premium, awful, spoon man. <laughs> we paused uh, We paused before recording the second part of this to just talk about spoon man rocking around the Christmas tree. Yeah. Earworms for everyone. Who wants an earworm? We got you covered. <laughs> spoon man, nothing to do with this. Uh, I don't even know what it's about. I think it's about a dude who would like do that ham bone thing with the spoons, like oh, somewhere yeah. in Seattle. He was the spoon man. And Chris Cornell was just like, I'm going to write a song about that guy. And, uh, and then the rest is history. Feel the rhythm with your hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Steal come together rhythm. with your hands. Like, mm. I think that's literally as simple as it sounds. He's coming together with his hands and the spoons to make the sound of the jingle and jangling spoons. And it will in some way save you. Mm -hmm. So this uh, this has nothing to do with part two of Dan Sickles. Um, this is just an example of the weird conversations we have between recordings. Yeah, especially on a Friday at the end of the day when we're all a bit punchy. Mm -hmm. But hey, you know what I just realized, fellas? It's a long weekend. Mm. Long weekend. Yeah, it's true. 
Oh, and uh, shout out to super producer Casey Pegram, who does a wonderful Spoonman rendition, by the way. <laughs> I, I, am, I am in awe. Uh, let's go back with Dan. So we mentioned that Dan's philandering and his, uh, his murder and his trial were not the end of his scallywag's tale. He did even more dirtbag stuff during the Civil War. Well, you know what they say, Ben, one good scandal deserves another. Um, and, uh, and, and Sickles, uh, you know, he, he believed in this, uh, adage, uh, wholeheartedly. He was, uh, given the post of commander in the union army. At least he was on the union side. Let's just give him that, uh, as a somewhat positive, uh, during the civil war. Um, and he was there at the beginning of the battle of Gettysburg, his commander, a general George Meade, who you, uh, civil war buffs out there may have heard of, um, he told Sickles to hold fast his position. But you know what? Sickles isn't one to, to take orders from any general. You know, he's a man, he's a man of, uh, of great resolve, uh, the master of his own destiny. So he decides he has a better idea. He wants to move his men to higher ground. That seems like a pretty legit uh, military tactic, despite, you know, going against a direct order. To be fair, he did ask for permission, um, but when he didn't hear anything back, you know, he's not one to wait, you know. Uh, history, time waits for no man is another adage that Sickles like to go by. So he didn't hear back. How long did he wait, though? Yeah, I mean, that may be lost to history, Ben. What do you think? Couldn't have been long. I, yeah, I have this image of him saying, okay, send him to ask, and then let's go move. Yeah, it's like basically a formality, you know, or mm -hmm. courtesy. Um, so he decides that he's going to go ahead and do it and do it anyway. So he moved his troops without permission, essentially, you know, uh, rejecting a direct order. This is worthy of uh, treason, court-martial at the very least. Yeah, it's disobeying a direct order. Here's what happened. Here's why the general wanted him to stay there. Uh, this movement took his group out of line with the rest of the Union troops. And as quoted in the uh, excellent PBS article, Thomas Kennelly, the author of American Scoundrel, a 2002 biography of Sickles, explains it this way. He says, moving out of line with the rest of the Union troops uh, could have opened up a near-fatal gap in the line, meaning that the enemy could penetrate defenses, right, in a way that could turn the tide of battle. However, Sickles still has some defenders in this bit of history who say that this move forced the enemy to engage and it required Union troops to support the open gap and occupy uh, the round tops, two hills near the line, and that this later, quite possibly through accident, turned out to be a very strategic point in the battle. So the question really is a matter of whether Sickles single-handedly almost won or lost this battle, the, this enormously important conflict during the Civil War, and historians debate it today, but he did not get away from the war clean. Uh, he lost his leg. Uh, his lower leg was shredded by a cannonball at Gettysburg, and uh, a hot dog, man, it came at the right time. He did not get court-martialed for disobeying this order because he was wounded and he had an amputated leg and people didn't like the optics of punishing a wounded veteran. That's right. 
so he kind of was elevated even higher to the status of a war hero. Uh, and, you know, he was always known as a bit of a showboat. Um, <laughs> he decided in, in, in showboaty fashion to donate his lost leg to an army medical museum. And he would take women there actually on dates, which is an odd flex. Um, but, you know, you got to appreciate his, his, his chutzpah uh, to, to see his remains, especially on the anniversary of, of the amputation. And side note, the National Museum of Health and Medicine still has the bones on display today. Come away with me, you vivacious minks. Let us regard my leg. In the museum. In the museum. I mean, I, yeah, there's not many people that can take someone to a museum and show them literally a piece of their, uh, a former piece of their body. Uh, but you th so you'd think he'd, he'd hit peak scoundrel. Not so. After the war ended, you know, he, he'd solidified this reputation, not as a scoundrel at all, but apparently as a war hero. So Sickles actually is put in charge of a military district that was established in the South, I assume, to make sure those naughty Southerners weren't, like, harboring, like, secret slaves or anything. But his wife died of tuberculosis that year at the age of 31. Oh, uh, and that was the same year that Ulysses Grant appointed Sickles the ambassador of Spain, where he continued to add to his Lothario resume by carrying on a sordid affair with the deposed Spanish queen, Isabella II. Uh, and, and, and it was from this uh, dalliance, I guess, that he earned the nickname the Yankee King of Spain. Yes, yes, a lecher, a libertine, a Casanova. Uh, after the affair, he marries one of the queen's attendants. This does not strike all members of the court as a super cool thing to do, or all members of the government, I should say. Uh, one Secretary of State, Hamilton Fish, accused Sickles of, quote, this is a quote, using child virgins for the purpose of depravity. And, and that's the Secretary of State of the U.S. government. And so he forces Sickles' resignation Sickles bums around Paris for a few years, and he returns to the United States in 1879. I want to step back there uh, because in a previous episode, we talked about the anti-spitting campaign mm -hmm. to prevent the spread of tuberculosis. In this story, we just had someone expire from tuberculosis. Just underline how real and widespread this was. But somehow it did not touch old Danny S. And he is still regarded as a war hero. So in the 1890s, he's appointed to head the New York State Monuments Commission. It puts him in charge of erecting monuments to the Civil War throughout New York. Yeah. And, you know, you'd think this would be like a kind of like a I don't know, a sunsetting kind of retirement, kind of like, you know, cushy career. And that also has some prominence attached to it and some prestige uh, to kind of, you know, maybe this would be the end to his uh, dog days. But that's not our boy Sickles. He knew who he was. So in 1912, officials uh, found $28,000 missing from commission accounts. Uh, and arrest, he was 93 at this point. 93 and so they arrest him but he 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 knew he could sell a ketchup popsicle to a man in white gloves uh, and he uh didn't serve a single day in prison because he was able to essentially charm his way out of this situation too he did something very similar to a certain uh US president as outgoing 
attempts at fundraising uh, where he raised money to essentially like almost like under the guise of like, you know, help me clear my name, but essentially it just went directly into his pockets, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to give everybody a sense of how much money we're talking. You know we love a good inflation calculator. So 28000 in 1890 is equivalent to... Is equivalent to $796,343. So almost a million bucks. Bold and daring. Yeah. And that's so that's a lot of money to raise for this guy. People love it though. And uh, the guy, as we said, never faces consequence for this. Yeah. He didn't seem to, I mean, he did lose his leg. Which, you know, I wouldn't wish that on uh, anybody, really. So that's definitely a consequence. Not a direct consequence. Maybe it's a a karmic consequence. Uh, But even that, he was able to kind of parlay into, like, getting more play from unsuspecting women. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh boy, have I ever been. (laughs) Well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. And would you believe that when he passed away uh, two years later of natural causes, mind you, he was buried 
in Arlington National Cemetery with a with a war hero's burial. Oof. Uh, yeah. Well, people consider him a war hero. However, there there are other lasting consequences of this guy's um, motley career. You know, he's considered heroic by some. He's considered a criminal and a murderer by others. Uh, opinions on him vary widely, but he made some marks in history. We talked about the insanity defense uh, earlier in the episode, but let's go let's go back to that a little bit. Since his plea, since he became the first person to get away with this. Many, many, many other people have tried to use the insanity defense. Jeffrey Dahmer, John Hinckley, as you mentioned earlier, John Wayne Gacy, Ed Gein, uh, and John DuPont, who you'll remember as the multimillionaire uh, who murdered an Olympic wrestler that he thought was part of a, um, a global conspiracy to kill him. What was the movie? But isn't Steve Carell in a movie about that? Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher. Mm-hmm. And all of this uh, really wouldn't have been possible without Sickles. And, you know, I think it's clear that this was absolutely a legal ploy with no uh, sand to it at all. The man knew exactly what he was doing and plotted this for days, and yet the jury seemed to buy it. Uh, so this is a legacy of lies. Yeah, in this case. And, of course, we're not saying there's no such thing as being temporarily you know, mentally unfit. But for this to be the first one, uh, yeah. basically trumped up and invented for this guy's benefit. Um, and, you know, I, of course, there, there are other examples where it could well be true. I still am a little skeptical of it in general as an argument. Mm. But, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about the evolution of, of this argument and where it came from. Well, right now, according to the National Institute of Mental Health, uh, you're going to see this defense invoked in a very small number of cases, like less than 1% of felony cases. And of that less than 1% of felony cases where temporary insanity is used as a defense, it is successful maybe a little less than one out of four times. Uh, and also, you know, anybody who's got a grand scheme to get away with crime by pleading temporary insanity, please do remember that even if you are that one out of four of that less than 1% uh, who successfully pleads this, you will probably be institutionalized for years or even decades. You're still getting locked up somewhere, is what we're saying. It's true. Uh, Ed Gain, um, I believe, got off on one set of charges using that plea, and then he was eventually convicted for being criminally insane and, uh, and you know, was committed. You know, he didn't get the death penalty. Uh, he was found to be not of sound mind, and he, you know, lived the rest of his life out in a, uh, <clears throat> a facility of that sort. Um, another thing that's interesting about about sickles is the way he just kind of like like wedged himself into these like elite corners of high society uh you know in places that you wouldn't expect in 1853 he was what's is a position called the corporation council for the city of new york and he was responsible for acquiring the land that is now Central Park, probably one of New York City's most famous uh, features. And he described the process uh, of, of setting out to form a consulting committee of 20, this is his words, 24 gentlemen prominent in our municipal social life and with whom I was in the habit of conferring upon all questions of importance. 
So this committee is led by Sickles. They select the site for what will later become Central Park, and they pushed for this location. Uh, this was a this was a response to the original plan, which had been to put the park in a much much smaller plot or site in a different area of New York. But they said this growing city needed a larger park. That was Sickles' position. Also, before you think this is a moment of nobility in in his life, uh, it was very much a matter of self-interest. He had an ulterior motive. You see, Sickles had bought building lots near this new site, and he knew that if they could just get the park built there, once it opened, the value of that property would skyrocket. Uh, and then after he successfully did this, he resigned from his committee post and went on to become uh, secretary to the U.S. legation in London. So he had he had a plan. He had a scheme. He did indeed. And it seems like this guy's the whole life was a series of plans and schemes, you know, um, and he also just kind of had a reputation as being a particularly cool customer. You know, he's a sort of a James Bond-esque figure, except without the spying stuff, uh, just more of the martini and the womanizing bits. Uh, I mean, you know, again, he did lose his leg in battle. Let's, let's give the guy credit where credit's due. Uh, but, there, you know, this, guy, this type of figure uh, in history often so it gets associated with almost like larger than life mythological kind of features. Um, and there is uh, a story of him when he was escorted off of the battleground uh, at Gettysburg, um, where he had lost his leg, chomping on a cigar um, and, and, and saying, men, hold your ground. Um, and that, you know, has become part of the kind of mythos of the second day of, of Gettysburg. Uh, W.A. Swanberg's uh, biography, Sickles, The Incredible, published in 1956, is a big part of what has caused this uh, kind of little piece of, uh, you know, potentially, uh, not quite sure how, how much truth there is to it, but this piece of lore to kind of propagate, right? According to Swanberg, uh, he says in his book, Sickles, quote, seemed only moderately upset and was not one to allow this moment to pass without making full use of its dramatic value. Being informed that a rumor had gone around that he was mortally wounded, he requested a stretcher bearer to remove a cigar from his inside pocket and light it for him. He was carried away with the Havana projecting dauntily from his mouth. Yeah, it's a great movie moment, right? But the reason it's a great movie moment is because it may not be true. A lot of historians just sort of took this lovely image and ran with it. You know what I mean? Instead of proving whether or not it was true, uh, contemporary sources are not so certain that it is. Uh, there's one very important fact here. If the cigar incident actually happened, Sickles own writing, his own accounts, never mention it. Uh, his battlefield performance in general became uh, the object of some intense scrutiny. And, you know, think about it. If he's building a career, if he's so sensitive to his public reputation, if he literally takes women on dates to look at his leg, wouldn't he have talked about his, like, heroic stogie-smoking moments? I don't know. It's not proof that it didn't happen. But we do know what happens when people have injuries of this uh, extreme degree. They'll go into shock. They'll lose a lot of blood. 
So Sickles may not have, may not even remember how he was acting when he was carried away from the conflict. We have proof that uh, Sickles, in the uh, in the time leading up to and immediately after his amputation, we do know that he probably that he did uh, chief on a couple stogies. He smoked a cigar too, but it was only in later years, after speaking with other veterans, did he start like styling on this. So the accounts of from when it would have originally happened, Sickles never mentions it, but later in life, he suddenly remembers this story and he talks about how he had someone put a lit cigar in his mouth and carry him down the battle line to encourage and talk to my men. Uh, but you know, memory is a funny thing. It just seems weird that you would remember that so much later and never, ever mention it before. So what do you think? It's a myth or do you think it really happened? I don't know, man. It seems pretty implausible. It seems like a good story, you know what I mean? But yeah. I mean, surely if you've you've lost a leg, wouldn't you probably be passed out from shock or something? I don't know that you'd have the wherewithal to like, you know, puff on a black and mild. Or well, now this is a Havana. This is much nicer, but still, no, I I do not think this happened, Ben. I'm gonna go ahead and lay it on the line. <laughs> I do not think this happened. Uh, we do know that he went to seances. We're just throwing these the sickles facts at oh, you. Oh, you buried the lead there, didn't you, Ben? Not just any seances, my friend. He was getting real cozy with uh, one Mary Todd Lincoln. You may mm. have heard of her. Uh, mm -hmm. Married to one of the great statesmen of, of our time, uh, President Abraham Lincoln. Um, and there was even speculation that they were a little more than just seance pals. Right, right. Uh, he was a frequent visitor to the Lincoln White House. And he was one of Mary Todd Lincoln's favorite people. Uh, observers who knew of the man's reputation were said to have watched in disgust as he called on her at all hours. He would be her escort when the president was unavailable. The same way that his old friend and victim, Key, had escorted his own wife, Teresa, years ago. You know, this makes me think of, wouldn't it be funny if there was like kind of a reimagining of Pulp Fiction where Abraham Lincoln is Marcellus Wallace and uh, 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 Mary Todd Lincoln is Mia Wallace and Dan Sickles is the guy who is secretly giving foot massages. And then Lincoln finds out and he's like, you don't touch another man's wife's feet. That is a very erotic act. And then he throws Dan Sickles from a, a top story White House window. Uh, that would have been a really cool end to this absolute scoundrel's life. But unfortunately, that is not the way it played out. No, no. Uh, he did attend a seance with Mary Todd Lincoln on February 20th, 1864. Mary Todd Lincoln supposedly took him with her to test the alleged powers of a medium named Nettie Colburn Maynard. Uh, she identified him as Crooked Knife is a very loose if you're being charitable that can be seen as a very loose translation of his surname sickles crooked knife huh that that almost is like that sounds like the kind of thing you'd use as like a coded way of referring to like an operative or an informant like deep throat or something like that crooked knife also strikes me as an uh, what could be a nickname for uh, someone's little australia mm. oh wow yeah that's a disturbing nickname though Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes. 
You heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising, one with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We want to end on a lovely little lesson in pettiness by none other than Samuel Clemens, uh, better known perhaps as Mark Twain, a fantastic writer and a fantastic storyteller, also known for his uh, savage wit. He's kind of a predecessor to the host of late night comedy shows, you know? Uh, every Everybody knew that Sickles, post-war, uh, made this point of leaving his artificial leg at home whenever he would go do veteran stuff because of the image it depicted. And this prompted Mark Twain to say, the general valued his lost leg above the one that is left. I am perfectly sure that if he had to part with either of them, he would part with the one that he has got. And that's actually, I, I have, it's from his autobiography. That's where Mark Twain is saying that. And uh, that's a good book too, but it's very, very long. It's not very edited. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, you, you got to have an editor, Mark Twain. Um, but yeah, this, this goes to show what a uh, zeitgeisty figure this dude was, that Mark Twain felt the need to give his hot take about his relationship with his uh, lost limb. And here our tale draws to a close. Daniel Sickles has been called a scoundrel. Some people called him a, uh, a war hero. And uh, one thing's for sure. A lot of people 
who lived at the same time that he did found him to be an extraordinarily likable, if untrustworthy, person, which I think is it's kind of a definition of a scoundrel. Uh, what do you think, man? Oh, I want to know what super producer Casey Pegram thinks. Whew. He's a land of contrast. He uh, <laughs> he lived a lived a life. He did live a life. <laughs> Casey on the case. That's true, Casey. I mean, you know, like it was it was a dog eat dog world back in those days. You had to make your own way, uh, and you gotta you know you gotta crack a few eggs to make a, a delicious um, cuckoldy omelet. Because um, the Dude, thing is, uh, yeah, I know, I know, not good. Uh, I would but, say it's still a dog eat dog world. It nope. certainly is, Ben. It certainly is. I guess all I'm saying is uh, the, the the little blurb I read at the top of episode one from PBS about how we assume that the moral fabric of society has just gotten you know more and more unraveled over time. I would argue that that is not the case, that people mm. have been depraved since the beginning of time. Um, and I don't know if it's necessarily like a uh, better or worse situation at all. You know, uh, I think that's 100% true. The idea we have of Victorian morality, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, is somewhat mythical. It's not. It's not entirely based in fact. Oh, my cats! Sorry, everybody. Uh, our episode today has been interrupted not by Jonathan Strickland, aka the Quister, but by Doctor Vankman. Doctor Vankman. He's actually yeah. in frame this time. Yeah, I, I moved him off. Uh, but you know, to your point, Casey, uh, it reminds me of the Walt Whitman quote from. Uh, song of myself, right? Do I contradict myself very well? Then I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. I think we all do. We're so many different people over the course of our lives, over the course of a given day, um, that maybe we should hesitate to judge Daniel Sickles. I don't know, man. I still don't like him. I don't, I don't think he's a good person. No, no, I don't think he's a good person either. I think he's probably one of history's great uh, miscreants. But you know what? He makes for a great story, and we hope that you enjoyed this two-parter of Ridiculous History. Huge thanks to you as always, Casey. Super producer Casey Pegram, that is. Thanks to Alex Williams who composed this track. The kids would call it a bop. Thanks as always to the one and only Gabe Luzier. Thanks to Eve's Jeff Coat, uh, host of our Pure Podcast, uh, This Day in History Class. Thanks, of course, to Christopher Hasiotis. And Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. The Quister. Jonathan, if you're listening, it seems that you may have a, a, a challenger to your position of Ridiculous History's top scoundrel. <laughs> hey, if you want to find us on the internet, you can do so on social media. Why not join our Facebook group, Ridiculous Historians? Just name a name, any part of the show, a topic, whatever. Don't worry about what the question actually is. Just let us know that you're a human person, that you actually know what the show is, and you're in. Lots of good meme sharing and conversation from our fellow Ridiculous Historians. You can also find us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and all that. But honestly, the most active accounts you're going to follow are going to be our individual accounts as human people. I am at HowNowNoelBrown on Instagram. If you have questions about this episode or any other episodes, uh, feel free to hit me up directly. I am at Ben Bolin on Instagram. You can find me at Ben Bolin HSW on Twitter. Uh, I believe that that's our show today. Uh, Casey, Noel, uh, thank you guys so much. I hope everyone has a wonderful long weekend and does not get shot with a cannon. I'm specifically talking to you, Casey. Watch out for those cannons. I'll be on the lookout. I'll see you next time, folks.
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways, rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.